0: All right, everyone, welcome back to another amazing episode of the Crypto 101 Podcast. It is I, your host, Pizza Mind, and I am joined today, as always, by my great friend and partner over there, Bryce Paul in San Diego. Bryce, how are you doing today? Life is good. Uh,
1: We got no more June gloom. Uh, We now have sunny, sunny skies. So I'm a happy guy. I've been spending some time at the beach.
0: And in the markets as well. I feel like the worst of the storm clouds is over. So it's time to get back to education shake that fear off your shoulders, it's time to get back into the mix here. And joining us in the mix today is Corey Whitaker, the Executive Director from Ethereum Named Service Labs or ENS Labs. Uh, And we're gonna learn about something that's making crypto transactions much, much easier. And God knows we need that. So Corey, welcome to the Crypto 101 Podcast.
2: All right, Pizza Mine and Bryce, Uh, thank you so much for having me. Great, Great to be here to chat with you today.
3: What I love about this product it is it's truly all-in-one with the three-in-one. You don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Ufi Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Ufi Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Ufi Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door.
1: Yeah, we're we're really excited. ENS has been around for a long time. What's like the founding story of ENS?
2: Yeah, yeah. So our, our founder Nick Johnson, he was a dev at the Ethereum Foundation and uh, decided to work on solving this this problem, or what we're calling the hexadecimal problem, wow. um, making transactions um, easier and identifying wallets easier. So the the, the project started to um, gain traction, and so he spun out. Um, ENS from the Ethereum Foundation, and it's been off to the races since.
1: Yeah, I, I guess it, the the main thing y'all are trying to solve is, um, like you said, the hexadecimal problem. But for somebody who's like kind of listening, like, well, what's that? Well, like whenever you send an Ethereum transaction, you have this big long script, you know, zero x one two three yes. four gb. you know, mm-hmm. and, and you guys are basically bringing you know human readable names to Ethereum That's right. wallets. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Human human
2: readable name. So just like with the uh, traditional web, those addresses we're actually going to, those IP addresses are 123.456.789. Mm-hmm. And then the DNS layers on a human readable name mm-hmm. so that we're not having to remember all those um, IP addresses. Same thing with the crypto wallets. As you said, the, these are lengthy, um, 0x123wxyz. Uh, but instead of trying to remember that gobbledygook, you can just remember bryce.e, pizza mind.e. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, it's it's a really good system. Um, you know, kind of like, you know, for instance, email, like, you know, imagining every time you want to email someone, you have to know their IP, but now there's a layer mm-hmm. on top of it where you have their email address, um, you know, and, and even with websites and stuff, are there competing standards?
2: Uh, right now there are uh, competing, I think, companies and ways of, of resolving addresses. Um, But ENS, we were the the innovators um, in this space. And so, you know, I I think we're kind of leading the pack and setting the the standard now.
0: So if I wanted to reserve pizzamine.eth, would I need to go to ENS and every other provider on the planet or just ENS and then it's reserved all across the Ethereum blockchain?
2: Yep. So you go to app.ens.domains and we recently launched a new version of the app um, a couple months ago. So if you've purchased a domain in the last several years, it was probably not the best user experience, Uh, but we have upgraded and made it much more seamless, intuitive. So app.ens.domains, and you can search, for example, pizza mind. And Ah, (laughs) did did you register this already? I did not. Did someone steal it? You did not. Someone has it. <laughs> oh, someone has it. <laughs> ooh, <laughs> got row, you buddy. bastard.
0: <laughs> ooh. has going to send a strongly yes. worded on-chain message to this address. <laughs> right, right. I am the real yes. piece of mind is what you
1: should say. Right, right.
2: Oh, yeah, there you go. Or, or you could register real of mind dot, uh, dot e. Um And so you just register it once at ENS. Domains, and um, that's all you need to do.
1: And, you know, if I think about uh, domain name, you know, www bryce.com or whatever i'll go to godaddy or i'll go to one of these websites that i guess is a broker in order to like get that Mm -hmm. um name is there is the similar kind of scenario exist in the, the world of ethereum or do i have to is it much you know much different process
2: yes so one of the unique things about ens is that anyone can access it right the jargon term is permissionless, but anyone can can access the uh, the protocol and build on top of it. And anyone can actually set up a system to register domains. So you can create a website to register ENS domains. Anybody can. Um, there's no gatekeeping to it. So there, one of the um, most well-known places to register a domain, apart from the main website, is ens.vision. That's one of the, um, the, the larger providers of purchasing
1: .e domains. And then, you know, in the, in the case of, you know, Pizza Mine, his name's already stolen and domain, you know, I, you know, domains, you know, do expire. Do ENS names expire?
2: Yes. Yes, they do. So when you register a domain, you can pick the number of years you'd like to register. So a basic domain is $5, five USD per, per year, and you can register as for as many years as you want. Um. Uh, but the names do expire. So if a name expires, there's an opportunity to purchase our domain. And the other thing you can do, as peace of mind said, you know, send them an on-chain message <laughs> or, or try to reach out to them um, and, and make an offer.
1: And one of the other things I think about here is like, you know, sometimes um in the DNS world, you know, you could have one um, one domain and it redirects to like your main domain. Is it possible in the world of Ethereum naming service that you can have, you know, 10 disparate Ethereum addresses? And all of them kind of be associated with one ENS?
2: Several different wa- EN- several different Ethereum wallet addresses yeah, associated and like, with and, one And Basically E&S.
1: anytime someone sends money to, you know, Bryce.eth, it'll go to one of those. Um, or anytime mm, somebody yeah. sends money to one of those addresses, it'll redirect to bryce.eth, for instance. And no, I do not okay. own uh, bryce.eth uh, for anyone uh, who's listening. Bummer, <laughs> bummer, bummer. Yep, so for, for a given ENS
2: address, you can only associate one Ethereum address Got because it. the goal is to be able to send um, transactions or identity with a, with a specific wallet. So if you want to send ETH, from pizzamine.eth to bryce.eth, um, it has to go to one given wallet. Now, one of the cool things about ENS is just not on the Ethereum blockchain. You can use it to send Bitcoin, to send wow. um, XLM, XRP, um, HBAR. But the way the protocol works is that it recognizes what chain you are sending currency on and um, pushes the the currency toward the, the, the proper hmm. Um, chain
0: can you redirect an ens address towards a smart contract or does it have to be an actual wallet address
2: ah fantastic question you can you can and so uh, one of my main concerns is that just the safety and security of um of crypto and and web3 you say you can can or you you cannot you can okay got it you can't yep so just like you can name a wallet you can name a contract so if you're trying to interact with an NFT or interact with a with a with a website, right now you see the gobbledygook, right? Mm-hmm. This contract is WXYZ123, et cetera, et cetera. Those companies, those organizations can actually name that contract so that you know you're interacting with Crypto 101.
0: Hmm. Very so that's really cool. Like yeah. if you were to have a smart contract living, you know, somewhere. Or you know IPFS or something like that, and you have an ENS name attached to it. Essentially, you have a Web3 website with file mm-hmm. storage and something going on on the front end, whether it's a game or just simply displaying information. Uh, it doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be a financial transaction. What are That's the right. benefits right. of you know doing something like that? If there's some people out there that want to you know build a website.
2: Mm-hmm. So right now, when you're you're building websites, you're going through. The traditional um, DNS and ICANN system, and there are certain depending on where you live. There are certain restrictions with what type of websites you can put up, and um, censorship, and, and you name it. When you're when you're working on traditional web two rails, when you're using this decentralized system um, using IPFS, you can set up a, a website that no one can tell you to take down. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. uh, that you are in control of. Just like you are in full control of your ENS name, I can't touch it. Nobody else um, at ENS Labs can touch it. It's yours. Um, same thing with the website that you choose to set up. Um, no one can touch it. It is yours.
4: Yeah.
0: That's interesting. So, <laughs> sounds like a great thing for WikiLeaks to do. Over <laughs> hey, to web three and if, if we
2: were around, right, 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 right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
0: Well, let's uh, pause before we continue talking more about domains and ENS. And we want to learn more about your background, Corey. You're a very fascinating yeah. character. Uh, we want to hear how you got into crypto, how you got to where you are at ENS Labs. Give us the the tale of the story.
2: Sure, 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 sure. So um, I've always been an early adopter uh, with regard to to technology. Um, Always interested from from the time I I was a child. Um, And I started fooling around and messing around with uh, MS-DOS basic uh, way back in the day. Um, And you know, after college now, I decided to give back and I went into education. And I went down that rabbit hole for, for many years, uh, being a teacher, running a school system, uh, you you name it. And But all all during that time, I, I've always geeked out on technology. In fact, in the early 2000s, I was messing around with uh, like the, the e-gold, e some of the early uh, digital um, assets. And then when Bitcoin came came around... You know, I was negatively, <laughs> uh, I had a negative m- mindset um, on it just because of my previous exper- experiences. Uh, but then Ethereum came on board. And then I started to get interested in smart contracts and the possibilities of smart contracts. And at this time, I was running a network of public charter schools here um, in, in, in the U.S. and started tinkering with creating a blockchain-based student information system mm. um, using uh Using blockchain distributed ledger ledger technology, and so I, I went down that pathway, um, and then started to degen and doing things I I, I wouldn't recommend now. Um, and at, at one stage, the stage in my career, I decided that I wanted to get into tech um, and 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 do this do this full time, um, particularly in in Web three. So I started working at Circle uh, USDC. Mm-hmm. Um, and led a project in the talent organization there and then saw that uh, Nick Johnson was looking for an executive director for for Enos Labs. And due to my experiences um, in for-profit, nonprofit um, governance, um, and you name it, it seemed to be a great fit. So uh, a year later, uh, here I am, but very interested in um, pushing this agenda. And, and this is the agenda of uh, ownership of your identity, um, and making web three and the internet simpler, more simple, more safe, and more secure for people to use.
1: And so, um, how long did you say you've been at ENS labs a year about just about a year? So, yeah. it, I, I read an article the other day that said that about 2.8 million uh, domain registrations uh, occurred last year and that's about eighty percent of all the registrations since you guys launched years and years ago. So bravo, yes, it yes. sounds like you definitely came in and, and helped kickstart <laughs> the whole movement. I don't know, coincidence, causation, whatever. Coincidence, it is. coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> but what do those numbers mean to you? Um did the yeah. did the bear market um, you know, cause more people to register names?
2: Yeah, so a, a couple things. things um, I think of. One, I want to shout out the, the ENS community um, out there because they drove this. Mm. Uh, the community drove this from the very beginning, just grassroots organic support and promotion of the benefits of, of .eth because ENS never really marketed um, itself, just organic growth driven by developers, driven by builders and community of, of enthusiasts. So that's actually what happened and not anything... Um, ENS Labs um, had had done over over time, you know, except build and maintain the, the protocol. But last year, um, the we started to see a lot of interest in these clubs, like the 999 Club, um, where people started to realize, wow, these names are going to be scarce. There's only a, there's only a certain amount of three digit names, certain amount of three three letter names, certain amount of four digit names, and four digit and four uh, letter names. And so there was a huge um, you know spike of, of interest in 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 identity and and in ENS. The other thing that we saw started to happen is around May June when there was sort of this cloud of, of a bear market coming, you know, it, it seemed like people were wanted to um, get involved with projects that were real and projects that had quality and projects that were in use right now. Right, so in contrast to some of some of the other projects out there, ENS is usable and effective right now. You know, we're not building something for the future; we're building something that you can use use today. Uh, so, I think that was actually part of the um, part of what drove Love of growth. Yeah,
1: and it's not just pie in the sky, like you said. You know, these are yeah. um, these are things you could you know people could get their hands on today, um, and not just yeah. individuals, but I imagine there's some level of um, interest from enterprises. Um, is that the yes. case? Have you guys seen any level of enterprise yeah. adoption? And what does that look like?
2: Yeah, yeah. And uh, man, I'm in the coming months, I'm going to be so excited to share uh, some of the um, organizations that we're, that we're working with. But if you look on Twitter, you'll see some brands are starting to um, use their .eth names in their branding, like Puma.eth, mm-hmm. Haritos.eth, Farfetch.eth. Um and other organizations that are engaging in NFT projects are actually securing their ETH addresses as well and preparing to, to enter um, the space in that in that way. But I think it's a signal, right? Using your ETH sends a signal to people that hey, we're a company that we're with it, we're hip, uh, we're attuned to the times, um, and you know we want to participate in in the space.
0: Love what it. other major challenges are you seeing on Ethereum, and are you seeing anyone actually? Addressing them.
2: So with regard to with regard to Ethereum, you know, I've been just pleasantly um, pleased that a lot of the work in the development that's happening in the Ethereum Foundation and with the developers um, in that in that space, um, pushing the 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 protocol uh, forward um, and that uh, and that um, that blockchain forward. So. You know, in, in terms of challenges, I think the biggest one that you'll hear people talk about is gas fees, right? And so these are the transaction fees that you have to pay in order to interact with smart contracts. right? So the fees that you have to pay in order to do things in Web3. And these fees vary. They go up and they go down. But a lot of times uh, they, they spike and they're really high. And that can sometimes put a damper on people's willingness to um, engage in, in um in transactions or activities in Web3. So solutions that we're seeing are, are people are creating L2 solutions, which is just another layer on top of the Ethereum blockchain. That's what L2s are called. Some of them out there are Arbitrum, Optimism. So these um, layers are they're they're faster and have lower gas fees. So you're you're seeing that as a, a solution to uh the gas fee problem
1: what what if i mean i'm not sure if you know off the top of your head um but do you know like what the most expensive ens that has ever been purchased or traded was
2: do you know i don't i i don't know that offhand
1: all good is there a future no no, no. is there a future where uh E&S's might be free that anybody could have them so here, here's a future that I, I think is very possible
2: and, in fact, happening, happening today. So you may remember in the fall, Coinbase launched their cb.id um, yeah, domain, which is, a, which is an ENS name. And so all of those people received their ENS name from Coinbase for free. Oh. Right?
1: <laughs> and that was just possible so, <laughs> because it was a centralized sort of service?
2: Centralized, or because something that's something that they that they decided that they decided that they wanted to do, mm-hmm. give out these names these names for free. So you could see a, a situation where um, you'll have an organization, a fan club that creates subdomains and decides to give these subdomains out to their their biggest fans or people who win um, contests. If you think of professional sports and you have season ticket holders and things like that, I'm sure you're going to, you're going to see um, E&S names um, given out to season ticket holders or people who really want to affiliate themselves with a, with, a given, um, uh, with a given company, a, a given brand. So, yeah, I, I think you'll be able to see um, subdomains. Um, Almost like
0: airdrops. Free of,
1: free of charge.
0: Right? Right, right, right. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to ask uh, something a a little bit different. You know, we went back, just uh, going back to your background as a teacher, you know, what can we Mm -hmm. do differently or better as educators in this space, as podcasters or anyone else listening that's, you know, trying to talk to their friends and family about crypto? How can we be better educators about crypto and blockchain? What are some of the things Mm. that you see um, most commonly done that maybe should be corrected? Mm. So
2: one is I was at DevCon in Bogota in, in the fall and listened to a great presentation from a product designer. Um, and she wanted to encourage all of us to start building with the end in mind, meaning starting with the consumer, right? starting with the user. Instead of starting with a smart contract, start with the user, figure out what the front end is going to look like, what the user journey is going to look like first. And then you start to build the tech after that, because one of the challenges that we have is a user interface, a user experience um, issue. So I, I think as educators in this space from, from podcast perspective, like let's find organizations, projects that are creating um, clear pathways or clear on ramps that are simple, predictable, scaffolded. Um, you know, from a learning perspective, maybe have some repetitive tasks, right, to build the the sort of muscle memory on how to do things simply, safely, and securely in, in Web three. You know, you see various projects that have these quests um, that um, in- encourage you to take certain actions um, in order to get you know, tokens or rewards or that type of thing. Um, but let's let's not assume people coming to Web3 can get it and understand right off the bat how right. they interact. It's, it's it's just not as simple as, as Web2. It's just not not that way. Yet, hopefully, we get to the place where we're not talking about distributed ledger technology and yeah. people are just using cool tools. you just right? running in using the back cool tech.
1: One of the... Yeah, uh,
0: Oh, yeah, go for it Pete. I was just gonna say you know even before we we hit record earlier we were just talking about trying to avoid industry jargon and I don't mm-hmm. know that we can necessarily avoid it altogether but some of it's got to change and I think you know yeah. cryptocurrency is kind of a misnomer now there's Bitcoin and there's everything else that isn't a currency. They're just now becoming digital assets today or you know tokenized assets tomorrow or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. And I think one of the other things that's really, really confusing for new users is the term wallet. Because the wallet's Mm -hmm. not a wallet. It doesn't store your crypto or your assets. That all lives on chain in this distributed ledger. Your wallet's more like a keychain. And you can carry your keychain with you like you would your house keys. Mm -hmm. Yes. But I don't know if that's the right term for it either.
2: Yeah, keychain is a great name. Backpack, right? Digital backpack, I think, again, is is another um good term but because of the prevalence of of the cryptocurrency being one of the first use cases for this you know i, I think the term wallet has dominated but yes yeah. in order for um for people the rest of the world to like get it wallet might not be the best name for that address right
1: yeah no, it just kind of um, makes me think of, you know, there's there's so much like left out there and there's like, there's still so much that's being built and we're in the early stages. Um, mm-hmm. What other areas of crypto outside of, you know, anything that ENS is directly building or affiliated with, what other areas of crypto really excite you?
2: Mm-hmm. I I think um, I'm very interested in the policy side
1: mm.
2: of, of things because particularly for US persons or or folks here uh, in the United States, the policy environment is a hindrance to innovation. Um, You're starting to hear about firms wanting to go offshore just because of the environment is so uncertain here. It makes it difficult for builders to build, and for leaders to to run companies in an an uncertain environment. And so those folks who are leading the policy conversations um, in the US, in in Europe and elsewhere, I I think deserve like so much of our our praise and support um, for uh, pushing to create a uh, a more uh, suitable soil for, for web three development. Yeah. Right. Um, I think that this, this side of, of web three has had fits and starts, but the gaming side, right. I think another uh, very interesting, um, interesting place uh, for folks to play in you have the financial aspects, you have the gaming side Um, identity, you know, in and of itself is also uh, very interesting and, and, and very, very exciting. And there's so many different aspects to, to identity. You know, you have, you have, it goes anywhere from the simple putting your.eth as a, as your tag in, in, in Twitter to having some robust KYC or know your, know your customer solution attached to, your wallet address or your, your ENS name. So many things that, that, that can be done. Um, but going back, going back a little bit to what we're talking about and, and what, what we should do as educators is creating on reps that provide simple, safe and secure ways for people to engage in, in web three. Um, so that's one of the things that, that, that I'll be working on.
0: That's awesome. How's the crypto scene growing over there in your neck of the woods and what does a thriving crypto town even look like?
2: <laughs> so um it it's interesting here in in tampa uh, Tampa Florida some people call it crypto bay uh, there have been several several um um entities that have moved here i, I think the, the of course the tax environment in, in florida is is great um and we have a, a policy environment here that encourages uh blockchain development crypto development we're just very very open to that um and, you know, I've noticed in several companies that they have people appointed to research and lead Web3 or lead blockchain. And, and typically they're kind of junior in the organization, uh, but they're kind of exploring the space and trying to find ways to to participate. So I um, uh, can't say any names yet, but I'm having a good time um, meeting uh, some, some folks who are trying to move their companies onto uh, Web3.
1: Very cool. Um, and, and there's, there's a couple of questions we kind of, we try and ask at least every, uh, guest one or two of these questions. Um, but while we still have you for the next few minutes, um, I'm just curious about who in the crypto sphere, um, has influenced you, influenced your thinking, been a positive, um, Mm -hmm. kind of beacon of hope for our industry. Mm -hmm. Any good shout outs there? Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I'd like to shout out, uh, Dante Desparte, Mm -hmm. Dante Desparte. And so he's the, the, um, Chief Strategic Officer at, at Circle. So he is committed to using Web3 for good and is really leading the charge on, in the policy environment in the U.S. and, and abroad as well. And um, one of the, the, the cool things that I appreciated about him is leading the, the, the Circle Impact Initiative where, um, again, they, they want to use crypto for good for humanitarian relief, for financial literacy, um but taking the blessings that we have to help others. All right. So I Love want to shout out to Dante.
1: And then and then kind of in follow-up that uh, in follow-up to that, um, outside of circle, and I think we already talked about Coinbase, but what are what's one other company that you think is making a really big impact that everybody who's listening should go run a Google search on or go follow on Twitter?
2: Mm, mm-hmm. Um there's so many, so many companies here that are that are doing um, really great work. So let me shout out uh, Uniswap.
1: Yeah, I like those guys. Um,
2: right? <laughs> yeah, let, let me shout them out. Um, both from the technical side of things and from the user interface things, right? Both both are are important, but they are absolutely good actors um, in, in this space and wanting to do, to do right.
1: Yeah. And from a policy perspective, they've got a lot of uh, folks yeah. that are are pretty active in policy.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And um, you know, just for, for all those folks who are out, out there listening, this might be the first time they've ever listened to a crypto podcast. Their head is spinning. They've got mm-hmm. all sorts of different mm-hmm. research that they want to go do. Now What what's just one word of advice uh, from kind of a crypto OG uh, to somebody who might be newer in this space? Yeah.
2: Start with your ENS name. There we go, <laughs> right? Start with, your, and, and I'm not not trying to shill here, but start, start with your ENS name because you don't want to be copy and pasting these these long addresses when you're trying to play, right? There's games in this place that you can play. Mm. There's social networks that you can um, uh, play with. Of course, there's the financial aspect as well, but you don't want to be logging, logging around that, that, that lengthy address, but get a name that's simple. And use that name it, it'll allow it'll save you a ton of headache and ton of heartache, and it really it doesn't really matter how like experienced or or, or you, you are in tech. So if you might remember last year crypto.com sent four hundred million dollars worth of ETH to the wrong address. Uh, so yeah that's right. something crazy <laughs> right those classic Jeez. guys. I, I, I guarantee, guarantee they were not using a human-readable name when that happened. Yeah, they probably just copied and pasted. The address looked right and might have been on some whitelist. But I, I think everyone from from the individuals to uh, to companies like use human-readable bo- names cuts down on error um, and makes things uh, easier, much easier for you. And send a test later.
0: transaction first
1: before you and send over test. the rest of the yes. four hundred. Always send dollars. a test transaction. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
1: No, this was incredible. Uh, Corey, we we can't thank you enough for uh, spending the half hour with us telling us about ENS Labs. And uh, where should people follow the community of ENS? How do people get a little bit more dialed into your guys' community?
2: Yeah. And so much happening. So much happening. So the the first thing I'd recommend is follow us on Twitter. That's at ENS Domains. Perfect. At ENS Domains. And make sure it's our account because there are a lot of spoofers and spammers out there yeah uh, so so ENS domains uh the and and definitely follow us there and you'll be able to get insights into everything that's happening um in the community at that at that site and we will be expanding to other social platforms um in the coming months so keep your uh, keep your eyes out for uh, activity on other platforms
1: all right well well cory.eth aka mr Corey whittaker executive director of ens labs thank you for joining us here at the crypto 101 podcast i hope you had a good time
2: yeah great time great
1: time thanks fellas awesome and for everybody who's listening at home uh i hope you enjoyed and you know stay tuned we always got a couple guests for you each and every week take care